Blah, y'all already know what it is. Your boy, Yako, what it do? The outlet to reality, the oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to have from your drama or you have from your baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyways, fans, thank you for staying tuned. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! And today we have a very, very special guest who I consider a mentor, uh, the closest uh, rabbi, even a family member. Uh, give it up for Rabbi Funye. Hey. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy to, to 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 get you. This is the second time you're on the podcast. <laughs> it's so good to be with you. So I want to say shalom aleichem and peace be unto you and to all of your listeners this evening. Thank you, thank you, uh, Rabbi. So I want to share a really quick story. I think this will be really nice. So. For those who don't know, I was in Chicago three weeks ago and I went to service to Beth Shalom. And, you know, I was helping out with with the with the music and not the music, but the audio scene was going on. Right. It's, I love this. It's live stream. And it's interesting because brother Michael, he was, you know, he's been asking a lot of different people to figure out what's wrong with the cutting. Right. Why is it stopping and, and, and pausing or it's just scratching? And so I, I, you know, I took a look at it and I was like, I think I know what happened. And it, it was nice that, you know, I happened to be there, you know, with you. And, you know, I came after service discuss and we figure out the, the situation. And, and I was really happy. It's almost like it, it was meant to be that I had to come that day. It was very fortuitous that you were with us because you explained something that we had never heard. <clears throat> and uh, it, it made so much sense. It really made so much sense. And so I deeply appreciate your being there and staying around for a little bit to uh, give some assistance and to give you a valuable input as well, which uh, was very valuable, very valuable. But it, it reminds me, uh, of your of your cousin, if you don't mind me speaking about him, um, he he was an individual who he he was very he was very proactive not only in his music, but David also was proactive in his innovations and in things that he would come up with and things that he would suggest, and so. I, that's what I really loved about him. And when his when his mother told me that that he had been playing banging on a piano since he was like in diapers, it, that was so impressive because he was a natural, and, and everything about his music and about uh, him, uh, he was just it really fit him naturally. I think he could have done anything in the world that he had put his mind to. Wow. And, and Rabbi, I got to be honest, you know, um, Brother David, he he saw you like a father. Huh. Because, okay. yeah, I, I heard there's a story I heard that um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a story I heard that when he would go to your office, um, you know, and, and, you know, spend time with you and learn. He, he would sleep in the, in the little little couch because he, he'll be there all day. And, and, and it's almost like. You know, the things you teach is it, something for him was precious. He, he, he hold on to it. Right. Well, it, well, thank God for that. And it is always important for 
when we share uh, that the individual that we are sharing with, that they, that they get it, that they appreciate it, and that it resonates within them. And so I'm, I'm just thankful for that. And I guess, I think I told you the last time that we spoke that uh, how much our entire congregation just really misses David, uh, very much so. Um, but he was special. Looking, like at, looking at the portion and the building of the tabernacle, Piduki, the, the last portion in the book of Exodus, Shemot is the Hebrew name of the book of Exodus. And, look, and this is the very last portion in the book of Exodus. And next Shabbat, we'll be starting with Vayikra. Um, he called, a calling, or what is called in, in the Latin tongue, Leviticus. And so it's, it's very interesting that in the prior two uh, lessons, we talked about and read about um, two very important people. Uh, they were Betzel, who had a special talent and was gifted, and Aholahav, who had a special talent and was gifted. And they, they were gifted in, in such a way that they, Moses had the vision for the tabernacle, but in fact, they were the ones that did the actual labor and directed the other men and women that were laboring in preparing the Ohel Moed, the tabernacle in the wilderness. And so it's so very interesting that although Moses was the leader and God was speaking directly to him, yet Moses understood his limitations. And so in life, we have to understand our limitations, even as leaders, that we, we cannot do it all. It takes, it takes a village. It takes the entire people to be successful. And so when people uh, should be engaged in whatever religious institution uh, they are a part of, but they are members of, uh, it, 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 it speaks to me that says we need to be more engaged. We need to encourage engagement more by individuals who are members of whatever entity, whatever uh, group that they're part of, to be engaged in that group, to contribute what you can, because we all have a gift from the creator. Oh, no, it's, it's very true, Rabbi. And, and I, I want to ask you something. I'm going to pick up your brain a little bit. So we know that Yitro, during the time when Moshe Rabbeinu was with B'nai Israel, there was a moment Yitro, and for those who don't know, Yitro is the, uh, he's, the, what's the right word? He's the uh, father-in-law yes. of Moshe, and he was a high priest um, for a lot of deities. And he left his whole ways and went to follow Moshe. And one of the best advice he gave Moshe was, I think that you should have a court system. Because you're trying to handle all these court cases and it's too much. And, you know, basically like a based in, like have a, a structure. And then if it gets really, really hard, then you'll be the last one to to try to fix. Yes, that Moses would be the last arbitrator. So 
again, that's another example. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, or Jethro, um, was the priest of Midian, and he saw, because he came out to meet Moses when he was bringing uh, Zipporah and Moses' children back to be with him in the desert of Sinai, and when he saw Moses as he was giving and sitting and giving judgment to the people, he says, not only are you going to wear yourself out, but you, you're wearing out this people. They're standing in line for hours to get to you. And you need to pick out men, wise men, men of understanding, men of valor. In other words, men that will stand for what they know is correct, what they know is true. And then if you take those men and you make them judges over tens and judges over fifties and judges over one hundreds and then judges over the next size up. And then the, when the case becomes too difficult for them to adjudicate, Moshe Rabbeinu, then they should bring it to you. And Moses never thought of that. Here he is, someone that the eternal is speaking to, pay all pay, mouth to mouth. But he doesn't think of this. So it, it's, it's, again, it says to us, that we don't have all the answers. Sometimes people can walk up and see a situation that we're involved in, and they instantaneously will have a vision of how we can do it better. And what we need to do is be as humble as Moshe Rabbeinu, and then listen, and listen to take the advice when it is intelligent advice when it is advice that makes sense. And Moshe then followed the instructions. And it's interesting that Yitro, that portion is so interesting because that's the portion, it says Yitro, his father-in-law, he's a Midianite, a priest of Midian, but in that portion is where the 10 commandments are given. And that portion in where the Ten Commandments are given, it says to us that the commandments are for everyone. Wow. For everyone. And that's an important point. I love that, Rabbi. That was really deep. I, I like that. that. That really opened my eyes, too. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. And, and Rabbi, I, I got to ask you something. So uh, something that is very uh, one of the biggest questions, you know, for for many people that are learning and, and discovering, um, and, and I've been always curious, right? Uh, one question that uh, one of somebody sent to me was, uh, "What's the difference between Raha Kodesh, divine inspiration, and Nevoa prophecy? Um, if, if you can break it down, what it means?" And if if now only the prophets at that time was able to do that, or do you think people today have those abilities? I think that they have. I think that a, a person can get divine inspiration more so than prophecy. I think, and then if someone claims to be a prophet, you just couldn't say that you were a prophet in ancient Israel. You actually had to go 
before a tribunal, a people, a, a court, and to, do, to be declared a prophet in Israel. So we, we don't read about that process in, in our Torah, in the Bible. However, you just didn't wake up and say, I'm going to be a prophet. You had to be recognized as a prophet in Israel. But anyone can receive divine inspiration. That, that the eternal is always speaking to humanity. The issue is, and the question is, are we always listening? Or do we have so much other interference that comes into our mind, into our consciousness, that we can't even hear when the eternal is trying to inspire us, is trying to guide us? We have to learn to back up and sometimes just sit quietly and receive the message from the eternal to receive the message from Hashem. And Hashem means the name. And we also say Adonai, meaning my Lord or Hashem. So it is inspiration. And inspiration that an individual receives, should he shouldn't be afraid to share it. He shouldn't be afraid to share, or she should not be afraid to share what that inspiration that the eternal has given to them. Because sometimes, sometimes people get stuck in situations looking for answers and they pray for the answer, right? Yep. And so they're listening for God to speak to them. But God is not, hey, hey, here's what you do. Uh, it's not what, that's not what happens. Some, so when, when we pray and, and, and ask for inspiration or someone to, to give us insight, many times the eternal will send someone and we have to have the ear to hear and to understand that one, this individual is, he's answering the question that I pray to God about. He doesn't even know it, but he's answering or she is answering that question. And that's we, that's we have to be humble. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu was called in, in the Torah that there was no person on earth that had more humility. So being so close to God that the eternal spoke with him Pay all pay mouth to mouth. Yet he had enormous humility, self-deprecation, the ability to listen to others. Wow. One of the biggest things, and this is this is a very, very good question that I hear a lot is how come when someone is trying to convert to to change into or, or convert why is it that it doesn't take a a day it, it sometimes takes a year or three years depending on the the process right or, or how long how come is it set like that is there a reason why absolutely a reason why first of all judaism is a way of life 
And so it's going to change every element of a person's life. And so in doing so, we require people to sit through attend Sabbath services and study sessions for an entire year so that they will go through all of the events that we celebrate in a calendar year. They will, uh, they will get they'll see the Passover Seder. They'll they'll see Shavuot. They'll see Sukkot. They'll see Rosh Hashanah. They'll see Yom HaKupurim. They'll experience these things. Then when they get to the point where they are ready to continue, and in the meantime, they're also studying. They're studying various literature that the rabbi might assign to them to read so that they will deepen their understanding of the Jewish faith. And then when the rabbi and the person feels that they're ready, then they will then proceed to the mikvah. The mikvah is the ritual bath. It is not to, to get clean. It's, that's not the purpose because you take a shower before you actually get in the mikvah. And when one gets in the mikvah, if it's a woman, she can't have on any nail polish on her toe, of fingernails or her toenails. Same thing with men. If they have polished, if they polish their nails, they have to take that polish off before they immerse in the mikvah. Um, the woman's hair has to be loose. So the man's hair has to be loose, can't be covered. And when they immerse, they must immerse three times in the mikvah, and they must all go totally under the water. Now, before a man even gets in the mikvah, he has to have, he has to be circumcised. And if he is not circumcised, we have, he we do a procedure what is called hatafat dambrit. In other words, if he has been circumcised, if he has been circumcised, and the circumcision was not done for the sake of the Torah, for the sake of the covenant, then we have to do hatafat dambrit. And hatafat dambrit is the scratching and getting a small uh, amount of, of blood so that we understand and we see now you have made this commitment to the eternal of the universe. Why? Because the first Israelite, the first Hebrew that God made this covenant with was Abraham Avinu, Abraham our father. And Abraham was circumcised, he circumcised himself when he was 99 years old. Now, I don't suggest that anybody try to circumcise themselves. Please, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that if you want this way of life, and the rabbi will give you instructions he probably has, if you're not circumcised, he will probably send you to a doctor so that you can get circumcised. And what I do personally, if the individual is not circumcised, I actually go into the operating room, and when the doctor is getting ready to make the cut, I do the blessing, the bracha. I do the blessing for the brit milah. 
So that then gives it that its spiritual significance. Then after the man is then has had a couple of days to heal, if he had a full circumcision, then we will take him to the mikvah where he will immerse. He must recite the Shema while he is in the water. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And so these are the words that we say that an individual says that goes to the mikvah. Then when he come out of the mikvah, uh, we are they they're issued certificates. But you see, this way of life, I don't like to take a person to the mikvah if they're married and the and their spouse is not interested in Judaism, because Judaism is not about dividing the family. It's about building family. And so if they're both not on this spiritual path together, if they're both not on this spiritual journey together, then we don't want to do anything that will, you know, cause any friction in a marriage. That's not what the role of Judaism is. It is to bring people together and to bring families together because that's how the community is built through the family. Wow. I love that rabbi. You, you got me really thinking because to be honest, you know, I, I think the last time we talked, um, when I was in Chicago three weeks ago, I said to you, you know, Rabbi, I think it's time for me to get married. <laughs> you know, I'm almost 30. And I, I honestly, uh, Rabbi, like, uh, you know, I, I would love for you to be there. You know, it, it will be a big honor because, you know, I feel like, you know, wedding, being married, it's, it's you become a, a man, right? You become a, a whole and it's uh, you it's, can you become complete that's correct right no man that is not married is he's considered incomplete in the jewish tradition and that's you said it correct then when you marry now you are whole again right so shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and what did adam say bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken from man. And now she's back with man. And they are complete. They are a complete unit again. Right. No, it's beautiful. So go ahead and get that unit completed. Right, right. I know I got to. And, and Rabbi, any advice you can give me because you think would be like qualities that that to, I guess, for me, right, I'm, I'm a young guy. I've been praying a lot, right? When I pray, I, one of the big three things I say, and maybe I'm wrong, but add the if you got to add the cherry on top, I, I'll appreciate it. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the one I, I want to say is like, for me, when I pray, I tell Hashem, find me a woman who understands me, who who's a woman of faith. Who, who's who's in love with your Torah? Those are my three things. Maybe I'm missing something, but 
Rabbi, any any qualities? Those are the qualities that you should absolutely look for. Who is spiritual? Who is will be committed to you, and you must be committed to her. It must be a two way street, and that way you grow together. And you're never going to agree on every single thing to because she is a human being, but you also want to have a woman that is intelligent and never ever think that you should look for an intelligent woman, one who carries herself in a particular way. And how does she interact with her mother? How does she interact with her father? And be observant and then approach and, and speak and, and maybe, you know, begin the process of dating. Okay. But always be, always be ready to, sometimes God will bless us in unexpected ways. And so you can, you can, might meet, it, it doesn't, you know, a, a thousand different places that you could, your paths could cross. And, and sometimes listen to the Ruach HaKodesh. Listen to that, that Ruach, that spirit that is within you when you're drawn to a particular someone. And the other, the key thing is not only should she have outer beauty, you have to look deeper for her inner beauty. Ooh, that's deep. That's deep, Rabbi. I like that. I like that cherry. That's a that's a good cherry. And Rabbi, I gotta ask you because you've been married for a long time too, uh, for many years, Rabbi. And, and um, I know it's it's very hard for you know many people to, to strong for so many years. What's your secret? Like, I mean, you you gotta have a secret. I I don't know. Maybe it's that you make the best breakfast. I don't know. I don't know what it is, Rabbi. But you you know what I'm saying. I'm not sure. But I I when I see you two together, you're always laughing. You're always smiling, and I feel like when I saw that when the time when um I was at your office, I was teasing you a little bit. She's like, I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna put the mail in the office. You're like, babe, I'll remember. Don't worry. No, I'm gonna put the mail in the office. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I just love that. I, I feel like you guys have that very strong chemistry. And, and I want to know how, how how did you make it like keep it going? The the first element that you must have in a relationship is love. The second element you must have in a relationship is respect. And the third element that you must have absolutely and unequivocally is you have to really understand that by and large, women know if they're interested in a guy, they, they begin studying him while the guy is looking at the out, her out of beauty, she's looking at what makes him inwardly what he's like inwardly. And so many times guys say, yeah, man, I picked this girl up. It's not you. She chose you. 
<laughs> you didn't choose her. <laughs> she lets you choose her. Okay. Um, but honesty, devotion, love, sharing. Those are the key elements. And you have to you have to learn to laugh. You have to learn to laugh. Because if you if you're always sour, it's no. You you have to learn to laugh. You want to be with someone that you can enjoy your life with as you're sharing life. And so one of the things, one of the secrets is laughter. The other secret is just being honest. And I've been married for so long, so it's all natural. I mean, it's going on almost 50 years for me. Oh, wow. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I think in two years or so to be 50 years. So uh it 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 just and 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 the longer we have been together, uh, the more I appreciate my wife every day. Wow. And, and do you feel like she's while you guys are in this journey together, do you feel like she's helping you grow and you're helping? Oh, absolutely. You grow? Yeah, and, and then and when she has suggestions, you have to be like Moses. You have to listen. Wow. You have to be like Moses and Jethro. Moses, listen to Jethro. Listen to your wife. In the Torah, Abraham is not happy when Sarah says, Hagar and her son are not going to live with us anymore. Put her out. Abraham goes to the eternal. And he's really perplexed. He doesn't want to put his son out. Ishmael that he had with Hagar. But then the eternal says in the Torah, hearken to the voice of Sarah. Wow. Sometimes your wife will see things in other people that you don't see. Wow. She's looking deeper, perspective. And so if you learn to listen, if you learn not to be obstinate, and I'm the man, and no, 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 no. The word for helpmate is Ezra. Ezra, help. And when the eternal said, so that man will have a helpmate, a helpmate, if something is helping you, it's just as strong as you are, if not stronger. So, and she's a strong, not with muscles, but intellectually, spiritually. And you have to understand and take it in and understand that if if she loves you and you love her, that she is never going to tell you anything or say anything to you that's going to hurt you, but only help you. No, I love that, Rabbi. That that was that was one of the best 
say best advice. I probably haven't heard like for a minute. I I, I needed that rabbi. You know, when, when I'm ready, I'm gonna say, Rabbi, Rabbi, your technique worked. Your technique worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, Rabbi, I'm not lying. I, I had a dream, I had a vision, and my vision was when I was sleeping, I've been having dreams that that I'm gonna have a nice wedding, and I'm gonna have, like I said, like a nice uh, a, a woman that 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 was meant to be. I don't know who it is. I don't know. I don't know who she's gonna look like. I don't know what she does, but she's gonna be there. And my wedding is nice. I have my family together. We're celebrating, and uh, we're probably taking a few shots. But uh, <laughs> but but Rabbi, I, I, I'm really like I, I can't wait when that day happens, Rabbi. You and I we're gonna have a big celebration. And I'm gonna say, I gonna I'm gonna bring up your, your advice. I said, I'm gonna tell you a story that a rabbi once told me. <laughs> it's not a problem. Yeah. So rabbi, I'm I'm really happy. I, I think this was one of the best uh episodes. I'm gonna be honest with you. The so real, so inspiring. I, I'm so happy to have you back, Rabbi. Um you know, for those who don't know my fans out there, uh, when I had uh, Rabbi Founier first episode a while back last year uh, on TikTok, we reached 90,000 views. Wow. Oh, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, Rabbi. You you really, you have that voice. You know how to, you know how to move the crowd. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I had well, a that lot. Is beautiful. Oh, yes, Rabbi. I had a lot of people message me. They said, oh, I didn't know Michelle Obama's cousin is a rabbi. They're like, I want to look him up. And people are just, you know, they say, man, who's this guy? You know, he's amazing. And I just got a lot of good feedback. And, and to be honest, Rabbi, I, I'm going to be honest. You know, you have opened many doors for a lot of, of the Jewish people that are trying to reconnect back to their faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and I, I'm, I'm so happy to, to be able to know you since I was young. I'm almost 30 now, Rabbi. I'm, you know, I'm getting wow. to that, that breaking point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I can still stretch. Right. You know, <laughs> I can still stretch. But... I'm so happy, Rabbi. And I gotta say, the more more time we spend time together, I I know Brother Davida, he's in heaven right now. He's looking at us, and 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 this is what he wanted. I think he wanted us to get closer and to continue to inspire people and to you know make them feel like family. Absolutely, and I I'll just tell you that. I'm very proud of you and the work that you're doing and the people that you're reaching out to and that you're reaching uh, through your programming is very important. And uh, I'll just say for the, your listeners that uh, when in Chicago on a Shabbat morning, a Saturday morning, please stop by Beth Shalom Congregation. You will always be welcome. Uh, 6601 South Kedzie Avenue.
Perfect. And it's the best show I've ever been to. You gotta you gotta check it out. You <laughs> say so you gotta check it out. Man, Rabbi, thank you again. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh guys, this is the, this is the reality. The whole this podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! And you know where to find me. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, the outlet to reality. My Snapchat is take one pass it. And my TikTok is at Yakov28. And Rabbi, uh, where can my fans find you? We are located at the Chicago, Illinois. The address is 6601 South Kedzie Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60629.